0: Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Tuesday, July 27th, 2021. I am Andrew Hanson alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And the Coach has aged 20 years since our last
1: podcast. It seemed like it was yesterday. <laughs> 20 years in one day to be exact, Andrew. And, <laughs> That's true. Uh, That's I appreciate true. you bringing up my announcement on the pod yesterday that it was June 26th, 2001. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but, Lord. Yeah, it is it's, it's a, it is challenging to keep track
0: of the days, the times here with these Olympic uh, tip-offs. It uh, is. The 20
1: years off? I don't know, Andrew. Right. That, that one's... <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you did a great job breaking down these teams. So in case you missed it and you want a recap of, let's call it round one, the first round of games, go back and check out that pod uh, on the YouTube channel. But today, Coach... Thanks. We've got another four-game slate on DraftKings to break down. It starts at 9 p.m. Eastern. Yep. We've got Group A and Group B. Correct. Um, so four games, and uh, I'm excited. We've got a lot of knowledge now. We've watched all these games, and I, I'm ready to break it down. I'm excited.
1: I I am too. I, I know we chatted a little bit uh, last night, and we're both – you know, fired up. I mean, this this is where we get this the the major edge. I think we're in good position the rest of the way through the Olympics. So, I cannot wait to dig in and get after this <clears throat> this set of games.
0: All right. Well, let's start with Germany and Nigeria. It okay. is the first tip off here, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. Nigeria four and a half point favorites. Uh, both teams coming in here 0 and 1 in Group B. Uh, right. Tough, tough losses on both sides. Uh, Over over under here, 165 and a half. And Mm -hmm. I'll start with Germany. They had that 10-point loss to Italy, and now they're going to try to get squared away against Nigeria. And with Germany, uh, one thing I want to start with is a general observation that uh, something that jumped out at me with this first round of games is how many of these teams had a different starting lineup in the second half as compared to the first. Mm
1: -hmm. And I
0: think it's really important to not get – distracted by the box scores who's starting and even sometimes the minutes because they they can change um and so you know if there's one thing to look at i do think it is the minutes because we 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 want to have the guys in stretch uh, in the stretch run out there playing obviously we don't care if they start if they finish and they get the minutes we want so um you got to throw out the the starting lineup a little bit in my book. The guys for Germany were uh, Giffey, who, as you said yesterday, <clears throat> he's not on a radar. <clears throat> he did start and get twenty minutes. Yeah. Bonga, however, who who started the first half but not the second, he is on my radar, and he, I think he's a nice value here, forty six hundred. He is a center, but he had stats across the board, twenty seven minutes and had more of an offensive focus than we've seen in the NBA. He actually took and made a couple threes in the second half. He even had a couple of plays where he got the ball at the top of the key and drove to the basket and scored. Yeah. And we just didn't see that from Bonga in the NBA. More of a defender, um, you know, maybe catch and shoot, but just not much usage. But with big minutes uh, and the guy who can fill up the stat sheet at 4,600, uh, I'll take a look at him. Now, the other guys who started the first half in the first game, Opst, Barthel, and Voigtman, you know, Opst hit four threes. So, you know, he's got uh, some upside as a $3,900 point guard. But Barthel didn't start the second half. Voigtman, I think, is a little pricey for the amount of shots he got. So, uh, you know, the only starter from game one that I'm looking at really is Bonga. And then wow. off the bench, we have Malo Lowe who did start the second half, right. finished with big minutes, 24-4-4. Uh, four and four. Uh, He was really their best player in terms of value. And he's only 6,800 here as a point guard. I, I do like him here and got up 12 shots, six of nine on three-pointers. And a couple of those were high degree of difficulty step backs. So I don't know if he can match six for nine, but his stroke looked good. I know you like him as well, Coach. So he's, he's in the mix for me. Um, I, I think Wagner's a little overpriced at 8,600. He, yeah. uh, he did start the second half, didn't start the first, but still only finished with 21 minutes and he's 8,600. So I think that's a little bit much. And then there is a value option of team in 3,700. He got 20 minutes. Uh, he'll mix it up and get some rebounds, a, a few buckets, but you don't need to go there. I, I really think it's uh low or bonga for me. Uh, the two guys I would consider.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great breakdown. Um, for me, it's, you know, it was very uh, interesting to watch that game. I, I got the most out of uh, watching that initial game with Germany, uh, because you saw really who they were going to go to. And I think they were still figuring it out, like you said, because they even changed their starting lineup at halftime. So trying to see who was going to step up and be those key figures. And pretty much echoing a lot of what you said. I think Mo Wagner's okay, but not at 86. He was in the six thousands. Uh, then I'd give him a run, but I don't. I don't feel that he's a guaranteed. You know, we we always talk about that sweet spot to be at least twenty five to twenty minutes or more. Then you know you can feel a little bit more comfortable. I'm not sure he gets there uh, at that price. I agree with you on Bonga. You know, we talked about it. You know, he's going to get some stocks because he's a real good defender. But we just we were a little afraid because offensively he has a tendency not to step up. But in this situation at this competitive level, uh, I think that you know he's he is stepping it up. My concern is I think Nigeria is gonna come out, you know, pretty furious. They got smacked in that first round by Australia. Their expectations were metal bound. So I'm I'm a little worried that uh Nigeria comes out and and stifles Germany a little bit. So I'm not sure I want to go back to Bonga, but I do agree with you that I do have more interest in him than I did in the first round because he's got some kind of role offensively, whereas that's an afterthought when he's playing in the NBA. Um, I'm with you on Lowe. I think Lowe was, uh, I mentioned on the podcast yesterday, he was one of the more impressive guys on the foreign teams that I didn't know anything about, uh, and I just thought he was smooth, clutch. He it didn't look like a fluke that he just chucked some threes. I mean, they were, you know, good shots. They were in balance. They looked very smooth. And I, I think you're. I would be shocked if he doesn't start this game, since he did start the second half and and he was their best player. So low at that price of sixty eight hundred. I think is, is a really nice play. I doubt we'll see him that cheap in the rest of the Olympics. So I want to take, uh, definitely take a shot there. Um, You know, as far as the Nigerians, we'll we'll, we'll switch to them in a minute, but they have so much depth too. And I think that's going to create a little bit more rotation for some of the Germans. They're going to have to use a little bit more bench because Nigeria will just run them off the court. So Uh, this is not a key game for me. I mean, it falls into that parameter at 160, uh, 165 and a half right now over under, and it is only a four and a half point spread. So it, you know, it has the potential of being a good DFS game, but I just my gut tells me Nigeria hammers them a little bit, and I think, uh, you know, after low. I'm, I'm not too crazy about going any deeper with uh, the German team.
0: All right. How about the
1: Nigerian side? Well, we're back in that whole deal. You know, we, we've talked about that in the previous show. We talked about it in the first round. You know, their rotation is their rotation. Mike Brown is going to play 12 guys. He's going to play 10 deep in a really good rotation of players. And it just, you know, it gives you pause because, you know, it's – you're gonna to have to get maximum, maximum effort and results in 20 minutes, basically, for anybody you want to play here. Now it may leak a little bit over that, but you know, we don't expect or or uh project any of these guys getting 25-30 minutes, even. So that makes it very difficult. The the two guys that were tempting for me, and I'm hoping start sliding into a little bit of di- uh additional minutes, and that's uh, Precious Achua and uh, Jordan Nawara. I think they're both, you know, a little more seasoned than a lot of these guys. I think that uh, they may, may be the, the, the go-to guys that emerge out of this group. But, you know, with that whole scenario of, of you know, uh, Okafor, Vincent, Agata meant to Okogi. I know, you know, there's some people that like Okogi because he stepped up a bit. Uh, you know, Udo didn't play much, Nawama, but Paula, all these guys are going to get minutes and even Oni. So not uh, right. As of right now, I'm you know, sticking with the plan from day one and fading Nigeria just based on minutes and usage. Um, so it's a little risky because they're a good team, but I, I think it's the way to go because you can also get burned and roster one of these guys. And he gets 12 minutes or 16 minutes and then, you know, you're in trouble.
0: Yeah. I think on the, on the main slate, um, you know, I'm not too excited about investing in Nigeria for the reasons you said, I think Akogi is interesting to me at 4,400 because he's a shooting guard, which most of these key guards are point guards. So you got to find one shooting guard, obviously. Right. And a Kogi is a type of guy that I don't like playing for regular NBA DFS because yeah. I just don't trust his offensive game, but he is athletic. He'll he'll mix in some stocks, and I like his price. So he's in consideration for me. You know, if I had to play somebody else, uh, I wouldn't mind a Chua as a power forward. You know, fifty nine hundred I think is fair. And then Nawara, you know, he, he really stood out to me uh, in that second half where you know he got more minutes, more shots. He he stepped it up. And I think he's their best scorer Um, for 4,000 small forward. I think he's a a decent GPP option. I agree. You know, it is hard to trust any of these guys in cash. So, you know, if you're playing a a single game slate, um, those would be my three favorite options. Um, And then I will mention Emigano. He came off the bench and he was really kind of their, their leader when he was out there. And, the other thing I meant that I noticed that they didn't they didn't really have a true point guard. I know Vincent led the way when he was out there, but they, that's what I think they're lacking. They don't have an experienced leader at point, like a lot of these teams have, who have more of a veteran, like right. uh, Nicolo, Nicolo, uh, and, and uh, Rubio. So I think that's that's their Achilles heel in these Olympics, and and uh, f- you know because of that minutes distribution, I'm not not fired up about Nigeria here on the four game slate.
1: Yeah, their depth is what plays against DFS, no doubt about it. Right. All right, Coach,
0: let's go to game two. It's okay. the U.S. squad against yep. Iran, and U.S., after that disappointing loss, they are now 40-point favorites against Iran, total of 167, and uh, it's a it's a rough scenario for Iran with a U.S. team coming in here upset after that loss, and – I'll start with Iran. Um, you know, they were uh, a, sort of a nice surprise to to lose by only six against the Czech Republic after being yeah. down big in the first half. They made a nice comeback. But the thing I noticed about uh, their squad is their wing players, I think, are a little bit lacking in the lateral quickness. So okay. I think the U.S. wings are just going to uh, really dominate and put up big numbers and so i think it's it's going to be hard for iran to keep it close um and, and really you know offensively too i think they're they're going to be in in a tough shape you know they had some guys who shot it pretty well but the the length and athleticism of, of some of these u.s guys i think is going to make it difficult for them to to shoot as well as they did against the czech republic now you know. On the flip side, there's some pretty good prices for those key guys, and they played big minutes. I think Iran is one of the only teams that plays a more traditional rotation of starters. Subs come in just to give them a breather, and then the starters are back out there. Um, so you do like that. And if you're playing the single game, uh, the showdown on DraftKings, you can get a couple of these guys because they're they're really cheap, uh, and, and they're cheap on the main slate. So yeah, they are. You know, they're they're three key guys. Uh, number 14, number 88, number 13, Kabarami, Yakshalada Korti, and uh, Jamshid. Um, you know, they all they all scored it, put up decent fantasy points, and they're all in that $3,500 to $4,000 range. You could go with one of them. Um, you know, but for me, it's uh, probably more likely to get one of them on uh, a showdown slate. So, um, You know, probably going to fade those guys. uh, Not going to play anyone off the bench. The other two starters we've got Kazemi and Haddadi. Kazemi, I don't think does enough offensively uh, to be considered. Haddadi, you know, he was their, you know, their big guy that they they did run a lot of offense through. He got four assists. He averages over four assists. Fifteen and ten. You know, he had a real nice line. He is ninety three hundred. I think it'll be tough for him against Bam. Um, but again, on the showdown slates and, and, uh, spe- specifically on FanDuel, he's only 9,500 on FanDuel for the one game slate. Right. And you have to obviously play one guy from Iran on that team, at least one. He's right. my favorite value for that slate. And we will provide full lineups for our members for that. Um, so, so join us if you'd like to participate in that, but on the main slate, 9,300 is, is a little difficult, uh, because of BAM. Um, so I may have, I, I may have. Uh, end up fading Iran in the main slate, but uh, I am going to play the showdown slate and, and get a couple of those guys uh, a couple of those starters, but not Kissemi. Gotcha.
1: Um, You know, this, this is an interesting game. I I've been game scripting this in my head over and over the last couple of days, trying to determine, you know, is this fade Iran? Just expect the tremendous blowout and, and go from there. But, you know, I, I really think, I do think that the U.S. will, will hammer I really do. However, I don't know if Iran empties the bench early and, you know, plays their guys that just, you know, could get them beat by 70. So, you know, U.S. doesn't have any bad players on their bench. I mean, those guys, you know, at the end, Jeremy Grant didn't even get in this last game and, and look what a fine player he is. So, you know, I just, I'm going to risk a little bit here, even in my cash games, I'm going to have some exposure uh, to the Iran team. Um, I was extremely impressed with the two guards and their scoring ability to knock down shots and get some steals and create some backdoor cuts. And so uh, Jam Jamshid, whatever the rest of that name is pronounced, and he's only 3,600. He's a shooting guard and I, even in a 40 point game, I think Iran sticks with a couple of their guys they count on to make it, a, a, you know, a fair game. They were getting beat by 20 against the Czech Republic, and it didn't look as though there were any white flags being, you know, flown. They were putting their regular guys in there and they made that huge comeback. So maybe that gives them a little extra confidence. I think that, uh, as, as insane as it sounds, I may have two guys from Iran on my team and no Americans on the DraftKings board. And it it seems backwards, but, you know, consider the fact that Iran has some key guys. I like uh, Jamshid, da-da-da, and I like uh, Yakshadela, Ko, you know, that guy. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, only 4,000. So to get two guards that played those big of minutes and did that well, I mean, they had 26.8 and 34.8 fantasy points in game one. And you combine, they're only 7,600. So I think they play more even in a big blowout. I think that the USA is certainly going to play at a fast pace. And I think the USA does a ton of substituting. I think these guys get decent run. I also do want to give your uh, I, I nicknamed him Who's Your Hadati <laughs> <laughs> I and he definitely gets a little bit of a mention because he, you know, who you remind me a little bit of, Andrew, uh, like Bobon, you know, you, you get the ball to him inside, he can finish, he's gonna rebound because he's he's got to be what seven one, maybe yeah. he's huge, Yeah. and and uh. He has a nice adept passing. Even when they ran it to him at the high post, he had a few backdoor passes, bounce passes. So, you know, he's not bad. I, I think I agree with you on FanDuel. I think he's a no-brainer at that low 9,500 mark. But to be 9,300 in this game, um, you know, is, it, is he athletic enough for the Bams and even JaVale McGee's or, you know, whomever? I think he's he's a decent play, um, certainly a fine GPP play on, on the DraftKings. Just because you know he could have a, a solid game, and if he gets those extra minutes, uh, like I'm expecting some of the main guys uh, to get. But after those three, really don't trust anybody else in this group um, except you know you, there is you know the guy you mentioned too, uh, M Nick. Kam Barami, he was decent, but to me it looked a little bit more like he wasn't going to be one of the main guys going forward. I think the three guys I mentioned um, are really the three guys I've got some interest in, and I may get as many as two of them on DraftKings and uh, one on FanDuel, so I know that's a little surprising, but you got to game script some of these out, and figure out minutes usage and you know how that's all going to work and if team usa is up 40 or 30 or whatever you know you know it's not going to be lockdown defense they're going to give up some threes and and get up and down the floor so we'll see a little risky but i like the play
0: how about on the u.s side do you think that any any of these guys with their high price tags are going to be worth it or is it going to be spread out too much
1: well, it's like we said the first game. So they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys over seven thousand. So that's just ridiculous. Um, you have Jeremy Grant's tenth at seventy-one hundred. He didn't even get in the game. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, can you afford many of these guys? Not really. I mean, yeah, you can put one in there. Right now, I have none, Andrew. But I get the fact that you know. Durant and Lillard are basically going to be our two main go-to guys. But in this game, you know, I I really don't see anybody getting over 25 minutes max. That's just I think we hand it to them. I think we rotate, you know, you who knows? Our high score in this game could be somebody like Keldon Johnson, or you know, who knows? I mean, it, it really is like playing the lottery trying to figure this one out. They're all good enough against an undermanned team like this to do well. So I'm just not going to go there as a cash player, you know, spend 10-4 for Duran or 10-2 for Lillard. It just seems like a risk. Now, if we get up 40, you know, where's that going to come from? Well, it's not like normal. Well, you know, okay. So, you know, in a Milwaukee Bucks game, if they do get up 30, it's going to be honest in Middleton and blah, blah, blah. It's not the case like that in a game like this, because, we have that early lead. They make the full rotation. Anything could happen. Booker could hit a couple threes, and they, you know, he they, he gets to be the focus, or Levine gets hot. I mean, too much variable potential for who can be the high scores. and you know, again, all the way down even to a Booker. He's our sixth highest paid or uh, salaried guy, and he's eighty five hundred. So. I don't. I don't know, Andrew. I don't, I'm interested to see your take on this. But as of this moment, I don't have any of the U.S. guys in my lineup.
0: Well, for the main slate, the the one guy that I'm leaning towards rostering is Bam. Um, I don't think he's a must play, but he's the cheapest of the starters. He got uh, big minutes, double double. Um and really, I mean, if you're if you're Pop and the, the coaching staff, who else do you really feel good about after the first game? I think he, you feel well, obviously Holiday played well, but but Bam was solid. They didn't lose because of Bam. That's well, he was sure. good,
1: but you got to remember he's got a guard who's your Hadadi.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yep. So um it won't be a, a walk in the park for either of those guys, but Bam certainly has the quickness on Hadadi. Um, and I think that's going to be fun to watch, actually, because Hadani's is a good defensive rebounder. Yeah, um, so, so long. He, yeah, so he may prevent Bam from getting some easy ones, uh, unless Bam can really use his quickness. Um, but for the rest of the starters on the main slate, I do think it's risky. They're so pricey, and they might smash while they're out there, but uh, do they get enough enough run individually to to make it work um I, I i'm leaning towards fading them as well
1: good yeah i mean uh, i think that the close games like a spain or whomever yeah you can really start yeah. thinking durant lillard but not in a game like this you know
0: yeah for the showdown slates though I'll, I'll give a mini breakdown for people who are playing those yeah i wanted to take a crack at the matchups because i was trying to um sort this out as we get ready to build those lineups I think Kazemi is their best defender. He's got the most size and athleticism. So I think they put him on Durant. So for what it's worth, I think Durant will have the toughest matchup. I think Haddadi will obviously guard Bam. And then I think uh, Kabarami, number 14, he's got the most size out of those three wings. I think they put him on Draymond. And then I think they use Yakshalita Kordy and Jamshita Jafarabadi. On Lillard, wow. and
1: Levine, respectively. You like that? How did you do that, man? <laughs> Good lord! So I'm, uh, I, I'm never I, saying another Iranian name. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to throw that in
0: there for fun, um, you know, and to see if it comes out that way with the matchups. Yeah, but if it does, like I said, I think Durant has the quote-unquote toughest matchup. I think Lillard and Levine are in a great spot to be able to use their quickness to get to the rim and either score. Or if hadati bothers them, you know maybe they lob it to Bam or they kick it out for some open threes. So um, that that's what's going to impact how I make my final decisions on the showdown slate today, right? Uh, on both sides, but uh, but looking forward to it. And and I will throw in that I think <clears throat> the guys that you're interested in for the main slate are interesting uh, captain options on the showdown for DraftKings because they're so cheap, and then you can load up on the starters for the U.S. because in that in that setting where you've got the six players and right. you can afford you know four or five of the really expensive us guys then yeah. uh, th- that could be
1: worth a look and and those two guys that's exactly what I was thinking I, I won't play both of them in a the showdown but yep. one of them could slide all the way up to that top spot and just real quickly for our listeners that may not be up to speed on this or just jumping into it, with Olympic basketball, DraftKings is offering the whole deal. You know, every game, you know, whether U.S. is playing or not, if it's four, like four games today, uh, two games tomorrow. So they're covering everything, which is awesome. I mean, hats off to DraftKings. I'm so glad that that they stuck with it and did the full uh, deal because I think that's where we get our, our best uh, edge. And there's a lot of really good contests. Now, on FanDuel, As Andrew said, it's strictly the Team USA games and they're all showdown uh, slates. So that's a completely different deal. And then on Yahoo, they're not providing uh, any uh, contests at all. So if you do come with us, and again, great time to come with us at DFS Coach Talk. We offer a three-day pass for $10. We just laid out our brand new summer special, which is from now all the way until September 7th, right before the kickoff of football. That's only $88. You can sign up right at DFSCoachTalk.com and uh, catch all of our insight from there. And we're able to give out full lineups on FanDuel and Yahoo. So these lineups that we build for that Team USA showdown, you'll get both Andrew and I's hybrid slash cash lineups there. And then Andrew also provides a GPP. So uh, that will be great. And on, on the DraftKings side, um, we're now going to go back into – we were going si- a six-man core uh, cash hybrid lineup and GPP. We're going to go back five to man. a clipboard. Yeah. Five. five man, man yeah. Board, yeah. Sorry about that. Six yeah. baseball. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and we're going to go back to the coach's clipboard, which you know we feel is, is one of the most advantageous ways to play DraftKings. We're going to give you a core – of five highlighted guys, and then a group of selection of other players that we feel are the next rung that you can fill out your roster with uh, based on, uh, you know, who you like, who we're talking about here. It gives you a little skin in the game, and it stays within uh, the DraftKings guidelines, which we always do. So anyway, wanted to lay that out there uh, for those people that don't know uh, how that's flying right now. And you know stick with us because it's it can be confusing if you're you're trying to manage it on your own. Cause like tonight, these four games, it's funny because we'll watch, you know, we'll watch one game, I'll watch the second. I probably won't make the third, I'll be asleep, but then I'll wake up in the morning to watch the fourth. So right. it's really quirky, but uh you know, just follow it on DraftKings, follow it with us here at DFS Coach Talk, and we'll make sure. Uh, we're, I, you know, Andrew, I'm going to call it right now. I think <clears throat> we're going to have an optimal lineup on DraftKings very soon I agree. In this, in this Olympics event. Yeah.
0: I've got a lot of confidence in, uh, these lineups coming up. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So if you do sign up, uh, through our website, then, um, we will send you an email to invite you into our discord. All right, Coach, let's go to the second half of the slate. We've got Australia and Italy at that 4.20 a.m. game, that middle-of-the-night question mark yeah. of whether we'll be watching that one live or uh, on uh, tape. Yeah, but exactly. That's the KBO game. That's the KBO <laughs> game, and it is a, a good matchup. Australia and Italy, they both won their first games. Australia favored by 7.5, 174 total, which is nice. Yes. and we're, we're back in Group B here. And uh, this one, uh, I, I, do, I do like this game. I'd like to get significant exposure to it. I'll start with the Australian side. Our, our man, Patty Mills, was just on fire. Uh, 9,800, he's playable, a little expensive. Um, Ingles, the other big stud uh, from the NBA, 9,200. He didn't do quite as much, but he, he is playable. He's a little, little cheaper, a small forward option. And then the rest of the starting lineup, we had Vadova, Landau, and Baines. N- you know, Deli only played 16 minutes. He was solid. Uh, Landau didn't do too much. Baines, 15 minutes, 4.5 rebounds, underwhelming. But he's only 3,900 as a center. I yeah. could see him getting closer to 20 minutes and paying off the price tag. He's not my favorite option, but I think he's playable. And then on the bench, we had uh, your man Exum uh it was solid you know he got to 24 minutes decent across the board the thing with him is the injury history and some players just have it unfortunately he's had some significant ones and even right. in that game you saw he slipped on the court and looked all worried and then he then he did twist his ankle later yeah you know, he's in, he's just an injury waiting to happen so
1: no question
0: you know at 5200 he is a shooting guard which is nice cuz you need one and he's an option yeah. but uh, always risky in my book, especially because he, you know, he does take threes if he, if he's not hitting, um, you know, then it, it could, uh, could be a problem. Uh, Thibel was awesome with his five steals, but he's really expensive at 8,200. So for the main slate, I'm not going to go there. Nick K played really nicely and he's a center at 4,300. Yeah. So interesting little choice between K and Baines. If you want to take one of these guys, um, you know, he did get uh, a, a few of his buckets late in garbage time. So I don't know if he does quite as much here. But again, I would like exposure to this Australian team. Um, you know, big game here against Italy. Um, and, you know, the, this is a fun team to watch um, with when they go, you know, a little bit smaller when they have Mills, Ingalls, Thibel and Exum out there. Uh, so if you if you take one or two of those guys, I think you'll be in a pretty good spot.
1: Definitely, and you know, I I think this is the best game of the four, and that's a bummer. It's the one in the middle of the night, but you know, after watching uh, these teams play, they're both pretty good, and Italy's got a lot of a lot more firepower than I expected. Uh, you know, they they play hard, but you know, I want to mention too because I I you may very well have mentioned that USA Iran line. But the only reason I want to pull out real quickly these lines is the over/under does have some effect. Like that was huge for us the first round, you know, because it was a 22 point difference in the over/under. We don't have that today, so just real quickly, even though you've mentioned them, I'm going to Nigeria being four and a half, 165 and a half, and then the USA right now I have just ticked down. So money on Iran coming in. It's only 39 and a half now, Andrew.
0: <laughs> a bargain is an opportunity
1: yes and then it's 166 and a half so that one's the same uh and then the last game i'll mention now is you've got france favored by nine and a half 164 and a half so those are all close the one that gets the little bump here is this game and it's Australia by seven and a half but it's 173 and a half so i know it doesn't seem like a big deal but when you're talking nine extra points, as we always talk about, that's like 25 extra DFS points to be dispersed amongst players. So, you know, just something I wanted to bring up at that point, because I, you know, it makes this game even a little bit more targetable because watching Italy play, uh, I just, I don't think they'll come in here and lay an egg as good as Australia is. And maybe because there was so much drama about Australia playing Nigeria, both being medal contenders in that first round, you know, could there be a smidgen of a letdown? Could there, you know, they you know, not have the gas uh, pressed completely down here, starting out with Italy, not that they want to, but just psychologically, sometimes that happens. So, you know, I think it gives Italy a little bit better chance here. And, you know, I was really impressed uh, with, with both sides of this. So now as far as Australia goes, you know, you've got Patty Mills at 9,800 and Joe Ingles at 9,200 and then Thiebel at 82. So they have three super expensive guys. We talked about this. They were seem to be a little overpriced with the depth that they have. But I'll tell you what, you know, if there's the possibility of fitting Mills or Ingles in, I, I would one of those two, I think, is just a very smart play. Uh, I don't think you can afford both. Too many, you know, you don't put all your eggs in one basket. I do agree with you. Thiebel's still a little overpriced for some of the offensive output that you would expect from him. So, you know, it's it's a tough call here, and I haven't made my decision. I'm still a little bit with my guy, like you mentioned. I I used Dante Exum, only 21.8 fantasy points, and I'm hoping he gets a little bit more run. But at 5,200, you know, a guy that I think can put up 30 fantasy points, I think, you know, that would be decent. So uh, he's still on my radar. And also uh, the guy that you mentioned that that caught my interest, but I'm not going to go there, but I'm going to watch him closely is Kay, the big guy for Australia. We know Baines got hurt against the U.S., He's, you know, we expected he may or may not play. He played limited minutes, though. So does that mean, you know, he's going to get more minutes as he feels better? Or is he really going to split time with Kay? You know, I, I want to watch that because if Baines stays, you know, teens minutes, then Kay becomes in play because he's pretty good. I, I mean, yeah, I was impressed with the level of his play, his mobility, he was almost to the 30 point mark and he's only 4,300. And it seems like most of the centers in this Olympic pool are overpriced. And if he's going to be the main center for Team Australia, uh, I think you got to have him into consideration. And I may even put him in a GPP this go around. So uh, but after that, you know, a lot of guys that just, I- I'm not comfortable right now with Landell, Della Vadova, you know, uh, Golding, any of those guys, I think it's just too risky because their depth is there. I don't think this is going to be a blowout, so you're not going to get, you know, junky run from some of those guys. And, you know, it makes sense. Make the decision between Mills and Engels. And, you know, it's only $600 difference, so that can make a difference. And then I think you consider Uh, an Exum here again, or a possibility of Case. I like the Australian side in this game. Italy played fast. They shoot out a lot of threes. Uh, This could be a key game on the slate. And I don't know, maybe it gets ignored a little bit because it's that middle of the night game. Uh, You know, that could add a couple of reduced ownership points that may be a difference maker as well. Absolutely. All right. Well, take us through the Italian side. Viva Italia! Here we yeah. go. Um, yes, I mean, first of all, Gallinari at eighty three hundred is the first guy I want to talk about. Can I fit him in? There's the question. I have a couple lineups. Bill built my first lineup. He didn't quite make it. The second he did, <clears throat> but he looked great. I mean, I wasn't sure how much they were going to roll him in there with just you know being added to the team, but you know he got his shots up. He's going to get some rebounds for you. He just he just does because he crashes the glass. Not that he's a great rebounder, but I think he'll get some here. And he's got to be in consideration as one of my favorite uh, Italians. I'm just really impressed with uh, you know the fact that he just looked like he fit right in. I mean, he was right in their rotation. I mean, he's played for Italy before, so this isn't like his first time out there by any stretch. So I think he's got to be considered... Um, the other guy that, that I think, uh, you really have to look at here. And I was shocked at at Nicolo Melli. I mean, he looked good. He didn't look super old to me. He shot the ball. Well, he got great minutes and he's only 4,500 bucks. So it's just one of those value things. Uh, you know, I, this is a guy that really should go seven, eight X in my opinion at that price. So uh, super high on on Meli right now, and you know I think he deserves uh, a, a big time look. Uh, Mannion not as high on. He disappointed me a little bit. He did play decent minutes, but he wasn't the the man as you would say as far as uh, handling the point by himself. Only had twenty one fantasy points, so not going to go there. His, his fifty eight hundred but you know there are other options uh Fonta, Fon- i can never say foner whatever he's 6200 he can score you know uh you also have the guy that everybody's probably going to go to here because shooting guard is weak and uh to to know uh he had 31.3 fantasy points he's only 4800 he did look like a nice ball player i mean he looked like the real deal uh I like him a lot, but I'm my concern. Andrew is he he's over chalky and regresses a little bit. So I'm trying to find that slight edge, but he certainly deserves to be discussed here because, in reality, you know he was he was one of the one of the best players on the floor, uh, also. But uh, for me, right now, uh, you know I'm all over Melly. Uh, Gallinari's a big option, Fonachecchio, and Tano, and those, those four guys, I want to have some exposure in a combination there. And again, I want to have maybe three guys of my roster come out of this game, not just because it's the highest total, but just from watching it, the way these teams both attack the basket and shoot threes, I think you're going to get a lot of up and down and some, some real good, uh, you know, possible results. And I think you're going to need some guys, at least two, maybe three or four from this game uh, to take something down.
0: Yeah, I agree. I like this game. And I like some of these prices on, on the Italian side. You you mentioned Melli and a maybe a 7, 8x return. And I think we need to salivate at 7 or 8x return potential on this slate because we talked about it some with our members. The way that these prices are set up uh the way that the DFS points are distributed, you're just not gonna get a normal 6x return on every player, even in the winning lineup. The winning lineup on DraftKings in the last slate had I think four snowflakes. Yeah. Which you know on a regular NBA night, that means you don't cash. No. But you can win with some of these guys that only put up 15 fantasy points yeah. because you have to fill out these you know shooting guards, small forward positions. Where there aren't many good players, so you know, don't be don't be afraid of that. Um, you know, just keep playing with the lineup. But I think Melly is locked in. I mean, forty five hundred at a power forward for a guy who can get you thirty fantasy points. So I, I love him. Uh, Fonticchio, I think, is, is in the mix too at 6,200. And nice that he's got the flexibility of small forward or power forward. Right. He shot it so well in that last game. I mean, he went five for five. So it's easy to say he shot well on the threes, but he looked good too. He shot did. with confidence. He's a scorer. He played 30 minutes. I like him. Tonit, uh, like you said, he might be a little chalky, but I do like him because he's in that category of, of um, you know, do it all type guards who do can do a little bit of everything, yeah. and I think he's even better shooter than a Kogi. Um, oh yeah, he had a nice line. He played thirty-two minutes, scrappy. Uh, I like him. Mannion was not quite the man, like you said, and yeah. he was another example of a guy who started the first half. He did not start the second half. Paola came in and started, Yeah. so that hurt his minutes a little bit which was actually a little bit surprising because Mannion scored seven points in the first few minutes of the first quarter, and then he didn't score again until the fourth. Yeah,
1: tell me about it. I was
0: in pain the entire time. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and so that's the other thing you see, that you just don't get the normal rotation and rhythm of the NBA games because you have eight fewer
1: minutes. I think these coaches are trying to figure it out. I mean, you got to learn as you go. It's like I equate it to when I'd coach an AAU team and you put a bunch of good guys together – you may have a a one or two practices, whatever, but you got to, you know, guys that practice great don't always play great. So I think that's what these guys are finding out and why you're seeing, you know, I'd I'd say a third of these teams switch their lineup from the beginning of the game to the start of the second half. That tells you it's a work in progress, you know?
0: Yeah. And then uh, one other in-between-the-box score uh, nuggets from the first set of games, Uh, Paul Inara, number 33, he was set to start the game for Italy. He was out there on the court, and then at the last second, he was pulled off the court, and they brought on Vitali, number thirty-one, yeah. who ended up only playing seven minutes. It looked to me like a situation, coach, where maybe they'd put the wrong starting lineup at the score scores table or something, and and the referees were like, "No, Polinari, you can't start." So wow. he, he left, and you know, didn't play well. He went zero for six. I, I think it may have thrown him off a little bit. Sure, it's, he's coming in here as a good scorer. Um, but just had an off night so he's a, a deep GPP option at 5300. I, yeah. I do prefer uh, Fontaccio but um so that one again is didn't didn't matter that he didn't start. he's going to get some good minutes but then here's one where I do think it might matter who starts Gallinari uh, I agree with what you said about him but if he comes off the bench again uh, and Thibel comes off the bench again for Australia, I think Thiible will guard him and give him trouble. Uh, you know, he's a tremendous defender, uh, like you described on the show yesterday. And so I think Gallinari won't, won't have an easy go at it. Um, so for the main slate at 8,300, I'm going to fade Gallinari for that reason.
1: Okay. I think Gallo starts that's that again, I have no knowledge of that whatsoever. He came off the bench and they won. So, you know, you would think they'd stay with the same rotation, but remember that was his first game with the team. So I, I think we, I think he gets in there and gets some extra minutes, but we'll find out.
0: Yeah, he could, and and if they announce that, then maybe Australia will start Thibault. So we'll let's keep an eye on that. Well, let's hope this
1: Italian coach stays nice and quiet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, last game of the slate. It'll be eight a.m. Eastern. It's France and the Czech Republic, as yeah. you said. France, is the favorite here of two teams at one. Uh, back in group A here. So France, nine and a half point favorites, 164 and a half, the over under. France coming over off the win over the US. And Fournier was the star, uh, really played well offensively, scored 28 points. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's playable at 7,500. So he's the pay up shooting guard option you could consider. Um, Batum, you know, solid return, even though he didn't do much offensively. Right. He did play 31 minutes. He's 5,600 as a small forward. I like him as an option here. Um, and, and this is a big game here. France, they want to go 2-0 to make sure that they're going to get to the next round. And meanwhile, yeah. Czech Republic, you know, yeah, they got the win against Iran, but if they lose this one and then they lose to U.S., they're on the outside looking in to try to come in as a three seed. So um, I think this is also going to be a real battle. Definitely. Um, and it's so almost
1: think, an elimination game. Let's face it.
0: Yeah, yep. So, you know, I think these these starters, these veterans, are going to get good minutes. So, Fournier, Batum are in play. Uh, Yabaselli, thirty uh, three hundred power forward. Uh, again, that, that's a real nice value if you want to pay down there to pay up somewhere else. DeColo, uh, really like how he looked, but seventy nine hundred is a little much for me. On yeah. this slate, I, I like some of the other point guards who are cheaper a little bit better. Uh, Gobert, uh, ten thousand. Uh, he is a pay-up option. Not my favorite on the on this main slate, um, but we'll see what he does. Uh, efficient again uh, in his twenty-nine minutes last time out. Now with the bench, I, I was impressed with Fall as the backup big, seven and yeah. four in eleven minutes. He but, can play, but man, the minutes, geez, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. So for the full slate, I don't think i go there. Some of the other cheap centers I'd like more. You know, you could get Baines for 500 more if you want to go cheap at center. Yeah. Uh, Poirier is, you know, a player that I like, but again, 11 minutes, not going there. And I, I wasn't impressed with Hurdle, really. TLC, classic TLC game, uh, right. not enough. So really, it's only, it's only a couple of the starters in play for me for France.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I I immediately am looking at, and this is very unusual because you know I don't play this guy in the NBA much because I just don't think he has an offensive presence enough. But I think because the fact that Gobert's 10000 I mean, even if he was 98, it wouldn't have the impact. But when you look at buying up to somebody on this slate and you have the same kind of prices for Lillard and Durant and that's o- priced over some of the other studs, I don't think Gobert gets owned very much. I think he's going to be the forgotten guy here. I I really do. I think he may be a single-digit ownership kind of guy, and that intrigues me. That leverage with a guy that I think that can do well in the interior against what I thought were a few holes in the interior game of the Czech Republic, I've had some success predicting it in the past. I think this could be one of those games where Gobert approaches that 20 rebound mark. And the reason, you know, th- like I say, this is somewhat of an elimination game. Both teams really need it. And I, I just, I have a good feeling, you know, that Gobert could throw one of those 12 and 21 kind of games, which at that point at 10K, I mean, it's, it's a monster, a uh, monster win. So, and some blocks, so we'll see. I, you know, it's uh, I, I haven't made that final decision, and it, I do think it will be a little bit contrarian, but I like the potential upside. Again, against a team where I think he'll get four or five rebounds just by default uh, against the interior of the Czech Republic. So uh, I want to start with him because I thought that would surprise you somewhat. I agree with you on Batum. You know. He didn't score really, and and you know he he's only fifty six hundred. He did the other stuff, which you know he'll always do, and he's gonna get minutes because of his defense and experience, and I think he'll score a little more. So at that price, good value guy uh, that can make it work, and I think his floor is a little higher than most guys at that price range, and his ceiling I think is is higher as well. So he's a good risk to take uh, from the French side. I, you know, I really was impressed with Decolo. I had had given up on him as far as being one of the key guys for France because he had been around so long. And I just thought that they'd, you know, go more towards some of the newer guys, but he was a real leader out there. I mean, Fournier was hitting the shots, but if you, you know, as a coach watching it, if you said, this is a guy I need on the floor, he's sort of the coach on the floor it was DeColo. He was very, played smart basketball, uh, was was efficient in, in a lot of the things that he did. And I'm tempted to try to get him in there. And right now I'm on that, is it DeColo or Saturansky? you know, back and forth, back and forth, because I like both of them and they're in the same price range. And that's the decision uh, and great call on him. I know he was in your main lineup and he did terrific. Uh, the guy I'm going to back away from is Fournier. I mean, we've seen it nine million times in the NBA. He'll have a game where he hits just a boatload of threes like that, and then where he backs backs down a little bit. And they're certainly going to put their better defenders on him. And he's not an ancillary stats guy either, so not looking to go there. And really, the rest of their bench. I know you know we were both high on Yabusele, but he just you know he got hurt. He still might be okay, but I just don't think there's a reason to go there. Now, if you're in a, a real salary squeeze and you're down to the wire, for 3300 he's not a bad roll of the dice because I do think he's in their rotation, uh, and he should be okay. So after that, though, really not interested in any of the other uh, bench from France, but I do think it's going to be a great game, and I think you need to have some exposure.
0: All right, last team of the slate, the Czech Republic on the other side.
1: Yeah, I you know, I, I mentioned Saturansky, and you know, he had 35 fantasy points last game and he didn't shoot the ball well. I just and you know, I'm I'm back to really, really wanting to play him because of the lack of depth with that team and the role that he has to play. First of all, I think France, like if I was betting this uh these games i think france is a great play i think they're going to win this game by double digits i really do i think france is better than people gave them credit for and i don't think the czech republic is that great so i do like the same two guys i liked in the first round and that's sataransky and uh jan vesely i think both of those guys are going to be the key go-to guys they're going to get the most shots they're going to get the most minutes and yeah, there was you know, Shield uh, was was good. Uh, you know, Odd is going to get some minutes. Balvin, who we played super duper cheap, he's thirty seven hundred now, was off the bench and decent. But for me, uh, very simply here, if they're going to stay in this game, which I think they will, toward you know, till toward the end, I think France pulls away, but. I think that uh, Sato and Vesley are, are the two best players and safest, highest floor, highest ceiling. And I think they're both good cash plays.
0: Yeah, I think they're solid as well. I'd like to see Vesley get a few more shots. Um, that's another thing that I've noticed here in the early games a really guard dominant, lots of three point shots. And they don't, sometimes it's like they'll run the first play for the big and right. then forget about them for the rest of the first half. Yeah. Um, now, Vesely sort of in between. We know he can kind of streak and slash and, and do different things. Uh, and at 6,900, I, I do like him. Um, Balvin, he was great for his price, but oh, yeah. now he's got Gobert on the other side. So, yeah. And his price came up too. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, But like you said on the show yesterday, I, I like how Shilb looked really solid. He was good. Uh, yeah. Nice value at 4,700. Auda was was good as well. You know he's something you can rely on, um, but he's in the fifty five hundred dollars range. There's a bunch of other forwards in that range, um, yeah, who I give the slight edge to. Yeah. Um, and so that's about it for for the Czech Republic. And so
1: France can defend too. They can defend.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, holding Team USA to seventy six points is uh, no small feat. Un-
1: unbelievable.
0: Yeah. All right, well, there's the four-game rundown. Hope that has everybody ready to go on DraftKings. Let us know if you have any questions. You can find us on Twitter at DFS Talk. You can find the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. You can find me at Language Olympic. And again, if you'd like our lineups, then just uh, join us at DFSCoachTalk.com. Sign up for whichever length of membership you'd like, and then we will send you an email and get you into our Discord. We're going to give out the lineups tonight at, what, about... 8 30 p.m eastern correct we'll have the coaches clipboard for DraftKings. we'll have the full lineups for FanDuel and the showdown slate so we'd love to have you dfscoach.com and then on youtube if you don't mind subscribe to the channel hit the thumbs up hit the alert button uh the podcast will continue to post at various hours and in various years coach um, hmm. whenever the slate is ready to go Yeah, Uh, we'll get them up there.
1: Maybe I was thinking about going back in time, like back to the future and having that Sports Illustrated with 20 years of results. There you go. So that's what I was trying to pull off. But, yeah, it's a great time to to jump aboard. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. This is one of my favorite times of the year. And everybody said, well, there's no football. There's no NBA. This this year right now, with the Olympics and the NBA Summer League, I'm telling you, we have a better edge in those than any – Buddy in the industry. Period. And then, like tonight, we have a 15-game main slate in in Major League Baseball. On top of that, and now we also have the golf Olympics that we're going to be providing and doing a podcast for. So, man, this is this is fun. And if you want to watch 24 straight hours of sports, you can do it. <laughs> yes, you can. And you can have yeah. DFS action on all of it. That's what's amazing.
0: Wall to wall covered. So. Yep. Uh, yeah, it is a lot of fun and looking forward to this slate. So thank you all for tuning in on behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team. I'm Andrew Hanson. We'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.